Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? Lucky, that's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Welcome to the Reformatory, a podcast where on items of theology, life, humor, we bloviate <laughs> with the high degree of frequency. That's right. My name is Daniel Corey. I'm a pastor in Kirkland, Washington at King's Cross. And I am Josh Loftus, member at King's Cross Church in Kirkland, Washington. And Daniel, my friend, happy National Glazed Spiral Ham Day. That's a Best good day. one yet. That's a good day. Although right uh, a few the caramel corn day was pretty good though. That was pretty good. There was an alternate one because it was also I somehow checked. It was also unicorn day. Well, yeah. It so this is so I have multiple days. So it's yeah. National Glaze Spiral Ham Day, National Rubber Eraser Day, mm. as National Tax Day. Obviously, today's Tax Day, but that was the obvious one, and that one's that one's boring. Dude, I'm I'm way I, I'm on board with this spiral ham. There we go. Yep. There we go. How you I doing, man? You know, we uh, we're surviving. This, our this our home has become our bunker. Uh, we we feel like um we're gonna tear each other apart. No, it's just, yeah, no, uh, that's all right. We're on, we're on week what what now? Fifty three. Yeah, right. Fifty three. <sighs> it's been I, uh, it's been kind of a weird thing, huh? It's uh, it's still getting, being locked down. Yeah, yeah. I think my wife and I hit the point a couple of days ago where we literally started getting stir crazy. Like I started looking around and like the same four walls that I've been looking at for a while. <laughs> like I understand why solitary confinement is such like a horrible punishment. Uh, so we ended up just like getting in the car and going for a drive. And that actually helped. Like we yeah, just yeah. got out, like we went for a drive for like an hour. Nice. And now we're doing that pretty much every day. Um, so to those who don't know, we're, we're in the greater Seattle area. And so yeah. we've been, we had two weeks of shelter in place. And then we had a, uh, well, let's tack a month extra on on that. So I think we're half, we're almost halfway through the month. May 4th, uh, 2020 is when it's supposed to be done. We've got about two more weeks. And then they're going to probably tack on something on that. But it's it's probably going to happen. But so something that I have found that has helped me is like forward thinking, making plans, like not like what POWs would do. Think about what they 
what they were going to do when they get home. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically what's happening right here. So Daniel, my question to you um, is when, when quarantine is over, mm-hmm. what's, what's like the first thing that you're going to do or where's the first place that you're going to go? Like what's, when you think of quarantine being over, like what, what comes to your mind? Like, yes, I can go do this. So I'm going to do this. I know that this is meant to be like a more humorous thing. So we'll just get, get the spiritual one out of the way, which is okay. honestly the real one. Going to church. Going to church yes. and taking the supper yeah, okay. of God's people is yes. on the That's top of my be... list. More than anything else. Same here. But second to that. Second <laughs> and third and fourth is what is what this is. And it's either going to be um, street tacos at Julio's oh. or Molly oh. Moon's ice cream. So, okay, I haven't had Molly Moon's. Where's that? Oh. Oh man, they're in Redmond. They have a salted caramel that is mm. uh, all right. All so right. good. How about you? Yeah, I think all of ours is going to be kind of revolving around food, which kind of shows you <laughs> where we're at. Priorities, priorities. Um, I've got it narrowed down to two. One is going to be a trip to Leavenworth for bratwurst. Okay, that's fair. That is um, very fair. I need some of those right now. Like, yeah. Pretty bad. You, you go with the uh, jalapeno cheddar. Oh, it's so. Do you good. do anything? Do you dress it up at all, or is it just? Yeah, just the yeah. Dog? I mean, I mean, I mean, they've got they've got that like they've got the flight of like ten <sighs> forty mustard. No, there's yeah. there, well, there. I guess there's more like twenty, but there's two racks there's at of least. Them. Yeah, and so there's, there's at least but it like looks like forty. Fifteen. Yeah, there's so many mustards, like more mustards than you can think. So yeah, yeah. I usually I usually doctor are up you, with some mustard. Are you kraut or sans kraut? Sans kraut. I don't. I don't want the kraut, man. Gotcha. I, I've tried it. It just like I don't want any rotting cabbage on my. To each their own. Yeah. Yeah. What's the second place? Second place is I want to head up to Paulsbo. I want I to head you. up to Paulsbo. There's a bakery in Paulsbo. There's really cool shops up in Paulsbo. I got a friend up in Paulsbo. His name's Doug. I want to go visit. Doug. Yeah. Does Doug own a cool shop? He does. It's awesome. a nautical shop. It's really yeah, very cool. cool. The cargo hold up in yes. Paulsbo. As I recall, it's one of your favorite shops. It's so cool. I love it yeah. up there. So yeah, those are those are kind of the two on the list. And then obviously, like obviously, like heading out just just to get a steak or, oh, man. or five guys burgers. Oh, I, I was okay. gonna say a burger place has got to be top of the list. So either yeah. oof. Dude, five guys I, is hard to beat, buddy. Like five guys out here is hard to beat. That burger is so good. I would take the Tipsy Cow or oh, Lunchbox in Laboratory. Yep. So, um, okay. or I would go to the Beardsley Public House. That place is the business. All right. So, well, we're gonna have to make a list, and when this is done, you and I are gonna have to like run the gauntlet. So, funny thing, but not funny thing. Yeah. My sister, who I don't know if she listens, I'll assume she does. Oh, but um, she posted something on her Facebook and it was some guy. And I think he was supposed to be funny. Like, I think it was, I think he was trying to be funny. Okay. Um, Those are the and worst. Was, and he was like, you know, um, one of the things you're just going to have to get your mind wrapped around is that favorite restaurant of yours may not still be around when you get out of quarantine. Shut up, dude. <laughs> Nobody like, needs you know what? this. I don't need this from you. You know what? Your <laughs> face is not going to be around much longer if you keep talking like, like that. He's like, you just need to think how many of your favorite restaurants, you know, carried three months extra revenue. Probably, probably none. And so they just might not be here. And I was like, guys mm-hmm. like that never get invited to parties yeah. or any gatherings. No, no, no. I'll take that. <laughs> They'll get invited once and yeah. then that'll be it. Oh, Nothing man. else. 
Don't be that guy, people. The message don't, of hope. Don't don't take people's hope. Don't be that guy. That's don't take that's that from me. Don't take don't give me hope. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's not okay. That's not okay. Oh man. Uh so yeah. Hoping quarantine is done soon because I'm getting tired of these Skype, these Zoom uh sessions with you. For multiple reasons, I'm multiple sure. reasons. Yeah. 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 Um, what do we what do we got for dude, a topic today? Well, dude, we're in part two of our part of our three part series. Starting a new series. Uh you sound super excited about that. I'm sorry. I'm You're like, so tired. So it's part two. It's part two. No, so, man, dude, it's part two. Yeah, there you go. Uh, part two, man. Yes. yes uh, three ah. parts. Ah. Uh, <laughs> um, today we are tackling Christ as our priest. So last week we had special guest Jack on uh, talking about Christ as our prophet. That was really cool having him on. And the second office we are going to be tackling today is Christ as our priest. What does that mean? What does that look like? Um, how does Christ act as our priest uh, through the gospel? So, do you want to you want to you want to start us off here, man? I've got I've got a few things to to cover here, but we'll probably do some overlap. Sure, a uh, little little inner eighth grade Bible professor or teacher. You don't call oh, professors here it comes. in school. Here it comes. Here it comes. Josh, yes. who is the first priest? Yeah, there you go. Who's the first priest recorded in the Bible? Uh, that'd be Adam. Boom. Yeah, that'd be Adam. Wasn't a in great what one. what ways was Adam a priest? <laughs> You're like, uh-huh. Aaron? Right. <laughs> well, a priest would basically, um, a dumbed-down definition, be the imperfect mediator between yeah. man and God and Adam mm-hmm. acted as that between God and yeah. the creation and his wife. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also yeah. the, uh, the two words used uh, for Adam to guard and keep, those there are only ever applied to priests. There only you go. Priest is told to guard and keep. Yep. Guard the garden um, and keep it and, and keep it. And the garden was the first temple. Yep. So the person who is in charge of the first temple tends to be a priest Mm-hmm. So uh, usually, in, yeah, in uh, ten times of ten. Yes. Um, <laughs> so he, in in all regards, now he has all three offices, like we said, right. um, but he's going to be that first priest functioning in the garden temple and um, mediating, as it were, kind of between um, the world, creation, and God, and mm-hmm. uh, he fulfills that office. So that's the first one. It doesn't yep. last long. No, no, it doesn't. He's not. He's not a very good priest. Yeah, but the first like main priest that most people are going to be thinking of is going to be got to be Aaron, right? Uh, yeah. There's another yeah. one I'll tuck away, but we'll bring him around back later. Yep. Um, Aaron's going to be the first one, first high priest of Israel. His which, which, uh, ironically, not not a great one. Again, <laughs> again, he, he has, I'm seeing he has a pattern. Good days. <laughs> he has good days and bad years. <laughs> he also had his good sons and bad sons. Oh man, yeah, yeah, Aaron's sons. That's sad. Nadab and Abihu, Abihu or Abihu. Um, yep. They uh, they offered up some strange fire and uh, got some other strange fire in return. They got smoked. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> 
Yes, they did. <laughs> Sorry, all of the quarantine humor. Like my humor has since quarantine has, has started. Oh man, it's so dark. <laughs> like, oh, it's so oh, bad. Terrible. It's so bad. You're like, you know what? There's a lot of animals that died. Let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, we could talk about that. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Aaron set forth as the first high priest, mm-hmm. and really the pattern for what is a priest. Yep. Um, is laid out there. A little different between a high priest and a regular old priest, but the offices kind of share the same. They they have two primary functions, uh, to offer sacrifice and yep. to intercede for the people. Right. Those are the two main duties of a priest. There's there's more of them, and there's all sorts of limitations put on them in the book of Exodus and then most specifically in the book of Leviticus, Right. which I right. wrongfully said was one of the richest books to pray through. Uh, yeah, you did. And, and, you know, I ironically tried after that and you, you're wrong. <laughs> it's so like, difficult. And he took the right kidney. Oof, you hit, Lord, you hit Leviticus like 18, 19 starts getting, your prayers start getting stuff. real weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so but that, that that's kind of the priest. And then there's, I mean, as if we just think of, I thought of an odd question to ask you, Oh, okay. um, who's your favorite priest? Can't pick Christ. Who's your favorite? Uh, you've, already, you've already thrown shade at Aaron. Yeah, I've thrown some shade at Aaron. Um, oh man, has to be a priest. Gotta be. Uh, Hence the question: Your favorite priest? <laughs> we could consider Nicodemus to be a priest. I know he was a he was a Pharisee. Was he in the office of priest? Did he ever hold that? Not that I know of. Okay. He's a boss, though. Um, ooh, ooh, uh, John the Baptist's dad did. Zachariah. Zachariah, that's right, Zachariah. Zachariah and Elizabeth. I thought, dollars to donuts, you were going to pick Phineas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron. Yeah, I mean, he's a good one. Dude with the spear? Yeah, he's a good one. Warrior priest. Dude, it was like, yeah. oh, I know how to fix this mess. Yeah, my brother and I, man, when we were in high school, we would, like, create, like, 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 uh, uh, screenplays for Old Testament stories. Like, oh, we're going to make this into a movie, man. The warrior priest. It's amazing. But no, I think, I think, I think Zachariah is probably on top for me just because I gotcha. love, I love, I love watching the interaction. Gotcha. I dig it. Um, Samuel, also a big one. Yep. 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 Samuel, Samuel's a big one as well. He was a cool, cool cat. Yep. So, also had horrible sons strangely yeah weird what's with all of the uh all of the the priests like the okay except i mean zachariah had a had a pretty awesome son you did yeah eli had some bummer sons he had some bummer he, sons he too. was a little humpty dumpty who had a great fall yeah that is <laughs> and his rocking see that's why i don't have rocking chairs yeah yeah <laughs> all right moving but on moving on the opposite priest vitally important to the worship in israel you don't you're not able to carry out worship if you don't have priests. Yep. Um, and so what, what we kind of know going throughout all, all the Old Testament is that those are but shadows pointing forward to the reality that is Christ. Right. So it's not like it was a perfectly good functioning model. <clears throat> no. And then, and then Christ like, ah, like uh, we, could, we should just do away. It was put in place to preach Christ ahead of time. Right. So that when he shows up and is presented as a priest, we know what he does and what yeah. he's going to do because we've seen 1500 years of shadow right. pointing to this. 
Right, which is which is a huge part of I think you know, we covered covenantal theology a while ago, but it's this it's this foreshadowing, this pointing toward the fulfillment that would come in Christ, yeah. the the law, the priesthood, the sacrificial system, the dietary, like like everything that was put in place by God for the people of Israel was all ultimately pointing toward the fulfillment and the perfection of that in Christ. And the office of priest uh, is almost second to none in, in that reality as well. So in what ways is Christ um, a priest? Yeah. So let's look at what the priest did. Uh, I think you mentioned a couple of them. First, he, he handled the sacrifices, Mm -hmm. right? He handled the sacrificial system, uh, that God put in place for the uh, cleansing of sins. And he would be the one that would, on behalf of the people, uh, kill the, the, you know, slaughter, slaughter the lamb uh, for the remission of sins. And the blood would flow down the temple. And what were you telling me about, about there, there literally being just a river of blood once a year, right? On it was Passover, like a constant, yeah. it was a constant thing, right? Yeah. It, it would right. coat the uh, Kidron Valley red. Right. Right. So, we look at the person of Christ and we see that he is the final spotless and perfect lamb, the final sacrifice once and for all. He is both the priest and the sacrifice, which is interesting. He sacrifices himself. Yeah. He is. I think it was it Owen or I think it was Owen says he was both the purchaser and the price. Ooh. It's, it, it, yeah. And that's Christ being the ultimate, the final priest sacrificing himself for the remission of sins, for the cleansing of the people as a final authoritative uh, act as the last priest, the final priest. Absolutely. I'm going to read, uh, if you if you don't mind, again, from Knowing Christ from Mr. Mark Jones. There you go. Bro, this book is money. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, Christ executed his office as priest by dying on the cross for the sins of his people and by making continued intercession for them. Theologians have typically spoken of two functions regarding Christ's priesthood, sacrificial offering, oblation, and intercession. That is his death and his prayers. Ooh. So, so good. Dude, so in, I think it's chapter 8, section 10, I think, of the 1689 London Baptist Confession, mm-hmm. it says, because of our estrangement from God and the imperfection of our services, at best, we need his priestly office to reconcile to us to God and render us acceptable to him. It's funny. That is what Christ did and what he does is he is the sacrifice. He is the mediator between you and the holy God that demands blood because of his holiness. Christ's blood was spilt once and for all. It's amazing. It's 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 one of the most like I don't have favorites of Christ's offices. I don't. But if but you did. this one hits hard. This one hits hard. It is so Good. My favorite is whichever like, one we're talking about. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Because next week when we talk about <laughs> oh, Christ as King, King our like, oh, Lord, oh, our protector. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, Westminster says in question 44, how does, he, how does Christ execute the office of a priest? Hmm. Christ executes the office of a priest in his once offering himself a sacrifice without spot to God hmm. to be reconciliation for the sins of his people. 
and in making continued intercession for them. So one of the, one of the aspects mm. I think Mark Jones rightly points out is don't put too big of a wedge between, these are my words, not his, mm. uh, between his sacrifice and his prayers. Sure. Because yeah. his prayers are built upon his sacrifice, or as he says, he continually pleads in his prayers the merits of his sacrifice to the to the Father, so that the people of God may be saved to the uttermost. Oh, what a beast. dude! Uh, you can still use the word uttermost. Uh, uttermost. Mark Jones dude, gets to say that. Mark Jones gets to say that, and he, <laughs> he he can say whatever the heck he wants. But yeah, no, it's I mean that's it's it's Romans five ten. When we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. It's this it's this 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 wedge that has been in place since our since the first priest failed his his duties been looking toward the final priest the ultimate priest in Christ to bring us back together mm-hmm. and to be the perfect mediation no longer a shadow no longer yeah. no longer an imperfect vessel that God graciously decided to use and see as acceptable <laughs> It is perfect, and it's done, final, once and for all. Yeah, that, it's it's oh man, it's just and, and we and so we good. knew, and th- and this is one of the things I love. I'm trying to find it here quickly in Hebrews, um, where it says, um, for if the sprinkling of defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls, and with the ashes of a heifer sanctifies for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ? who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to, to God, purify our conscience from dead works. So mm-hmm. one, of his, one of his arguments is um, if, if the blood of bulls and goats worked, it wouldn't have to be repeated all the time. But we yeah. saw in the system where it was repeated every single day. Right. This is pointing to something, but it, the answer isn't here itself, but it's pointing to the answer. Right. So when he comes, he offers a single sacrifice for all time. Yep. Perfect, effectual, lacking nothing. And then he goes and ceases his work of sacrificing and commences his work of interceding, which um, it says he does day and night on behalf of his people. Yeah, it, it, it's, he, he is our never-ending priest. Which, if you think about the first high priest, when we're kind of, I like Aaron. Yeah. All right, go with Aaron. Go with Aaron. He had some issues with the golden calf. Yeah. He had a rebellion with his sister. (laughs) Slightly. Yeah, he didn't get to go into the, okay, Aaron's not the great. But (laughs) think about some of the imagery there, man. The the 12 names of Israel and their 12 precious, uh, like precious stones to represent them. Yeah. were put on the breastplate, worn over the heart. Oh, and his people. When he went into the Holy of Holies, he took his people with him. Yep, yep, bringing and them into the holiness of God. Like, the imagery there is huge. Is, is huge. And it's, it's, it's not by coincidence. That was an intentional no. imagery. Hebrew says the things that happen on earth are patterned after the things that happen in heaven. Exactly. Deuteronomy was 1815. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet 
like me from among you, from your brothers, and it is him that you shall listen to. Mm. It's solid. Oh, dude, it's so good, man. So, what do you th- do? You think uh, Christ b- bears the names of his people on his breast every second of history? Yes, he does. And you think that that signifies that he loves you and that you're precious to him? If it doesn't, I don't know what it what it does <laughs> signify, right? Okay, good. Like, like I and and you know and and here's the thing. Like I don't have again. This is this is Josh notes. I don't have biblical. Uh, I'm not pointing to a verse and saying here, 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 right? But I truly believe that as Christ was taking the the wrath of God. I know, I, I believe he knew exactly every person he was taking that for. Oh, he yeah. knew who his people were. It wasn't just a blanket. It wasn't a blanket. Hypothetical. Was, no, no, no. It was specific. It was intentional. He knew I am on this cross specifically for Josh Loftus, specifically for Daniel Corey. Oh, good. Specifically. And, and I believe that because I believe my God is intentional and he's specific i see that in scripture man that's that's solid stuff um i was here i was uh my wife was playing we love us some andrew peterson if you don't know Mm -hmm. who andrew peterson is go check out andrew peterson but um he uh he has a song about god resting on the sabbath you're like oh Mm -hmm. that's really cool he's talking about you know his work is done and so he rested on the sabbath yeah and then he applies it to christ on the cross And in the tomb, he says, like, when he said on, like, on the cross, it is finished. His work is done. And he goes into the grave and says, and God rested on the Sabbath. He was like, oh, oh, dang, bro. A P. Ouch. Good stuff. That's, that's a good place to close right there, man. Um, so we don't have Korean culture again, obviously, because we're over Zoom, which I know you are heartbroken. So not everything about the coronavirus is negative (laughs) there you go putting a positive spin on things but we are going to take a little quiz to determine how calvinist you actually are so here's what we're going to do instead of you and i taking this uh um individually we're going to we're going to take it together because we are a couple on this podcast as many listeners have pointed out to me um so we have to at (laughs) least come to an agreement on an answer Sure. for these questions and then at the end we will see our results we'll see how calvinist how reformed we actually are yeah all right cool uh what is your gender we should be able to easily i feel like we can uh identify on this one male. do you believe that god is the author of sin no yeah no the, the, this the language no. the answer is no the, the the language is not is is not as specific as i like okay let's take turns uh reading go ahead uh do you believe that god has predetermined everything that happens in this world including sin yes yes yeah. yeah has god given man a free will so the question is in itself flawed. <laughs> the answers yes. give a little bit more uh, specific info. So do you believe God has given man free will? No, man can only act according to his nature and cannot choose God. Or yes, man has a free will to choose or reject God. So they're talking in the context of salvation. The answer is no. So, th- so that's a no. Yep. Do you believe that God... Oh, sorry, it's your turn. I'm sorry. Do you, believe, do you believe that God elects individuals to salvation, not based on their faith, but based on God's mercy? Can we just say yes? As uh, yeah, yes. 
Yes, God has chosen his elect and his election is unconditional. Yeah, you have to read the answers for like yeah. more specific info, which is interesting. Do you believe in who do you believe in double predestination that those who are not elected to salvation are predestined to hell? Tricky question. Tricky question. But I think the answer is yes. Yes, uh, it is. Yes. Um, yeah, they'll get is, into the specifics on how active that. Right, right, is, right. Yeah. Okay. Question eight, go for it. Do you believe that just as God works belief in the hearts of the elect, that he works unbelief in the hearts of the non-elect? So is unbelief a work of God or is it a consequence of our natural state because of our nature? My answer would be no. God does not infuse unbelief in the non-elect. Yep. I, I would be okay with that answer. However... Uh, God works unbelief in the hearts of the reprobate. He, he hardened Pharaoh's heart. It was an active script. It is active. This oh, this question's so dirty. I don't like this, <laughs> dude. He no. he. Oh. I gotta click no okay. on that one. So you, God you click yes. But. God works unbelief in the hearts of the reprobate. No, God does not predestine men to hell nor heaven. Or no, God. Oh, does so not what'd you confuse. click? What was your answer? Man, I'm stuck between no one yet. Like, I'm stuck between the two top ones. You gotta pick one. You gotta pick one and then we'll compare our answers. Okay, I'm hitting yes. You hit no? I hit no. Okay, I think God actively hardened Pharaoh's heart. I think that is, is, I interpret that. You're for number nine. Literally. Does God actively predestine men to hell? I feel like we already answered this. Um, again, it's an active passive thing. All right. Does God actively predestine men to hell or is it a natural state of their nature? Well, we are born naturally going to hell already. Yeah. So, so I, I'm going to, prob- I'm going to go, no, God passes over the reprobate, leaving them in their sin. Yeah. I'm going I'm to go with the passive text right. verb on that one. All right. Yep. Do you believe that God's decree to elect logically precedes his decree of the fall? Yes. Yes. His election was before the foundations of the world. He knew who his people were. So that's a little, I think, infra versus super there. Yeah, it is. That's what they're aiming at. Okay. Number, right. uh, well, well, we'll stay away from the numbers. Do you believe in substitutionary atonement that Jesus died in the place of sinners? Well, yeah. Yes. Yes. Jesus died in the place of sinners on the cross. It was or no, not- the cross was a demonstration of God's love for humanity. No. No. All right. Uh, did Jesus die for everyone on the cross? All right. Is the atonement limited? Is it? Yes. It is a limited atonement. So it is. No, so Jesus no. Only Jesus died for the elect. Only died for the elect. Go for it. Did the cross have intentions for all? Now this one's. This one is. It, it can be tricky. Uh, the answers are no. The cross only had intentions for the elect. Yes, mm-hmm. the cross had intentions for everyone equally, equally. Uh, the universalism. Yeah. Uh, yes, Christ had intentions for the elect and the non-elect. So I'm going to go no on this one because I true. And, and we talked about this in our in our in limited. Yeah, yeah. Anything God intends, He accomplishes. So, the, I think the question is in that third one they're getting at: Are there non-saving benefits that go to the non-elect via the cross. And I think we're, I, th- I think the question self uses categories. Yeah, I'm still going to say no, because I'm I don't think no. common grace is, is different from salvific grace. Yep. 
All right. Does regeneration logically proceed? Well, proceed faith, not precede. What comes first, faith or regeneration? Regeneration. So yes, regeneration so, logically proceeds. Proceeds. I think he. Missed no, 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 no. Wait, hold on. No, faith proceeds regeneration. Yes, faith comes after regeneration, so it's going to be no. Faith proceeds regeneration. Are you sure on the use of that? I'm, I'm looking yeah. this up. Precede is before. Like a prequel, it's before. Pre is before, pro is after. Gotcha. You are correct. So faith proceeds, proceeds regeneration. So weird. You, I'm used to I know, precedes. I know, I know. Do you believe that man cooperates with God in salvation? Well, we, we attribute the sin that makes it necessary. Yeah. Ooh, boom. So no, God accomplishes everything needed for salvation. Is faith a gift from God? Yes. No, faith comes from man, or yes, faith is a gift from God. I'm going yes. Do you believe that God, through the work of the Holy Spirit, calls all man? I think you meant men. And that this drawing is resistible. Mm, nope, not resistible. Irresistible yeah, grace. Do you believe that it is possible for someone to lose their salvation? I'm just, that's no. no, no. Do you believe in common grace that God has a good will towards all? I think yes. So, well, yes, common grace is a real thing. Whether that's God's good will towards all is the debate. Like it's, these questions aren't specific enough for me again. But yes, so, yeah, I do I'm believe gonna, in common grace. I'm going to side on the omnibenevolence uh, aspect of God or the kindness, so non-saving benefit or uh, in in general, he has a gracious and benevolent disposition. Right, which is why the reprobate is not snuffed out immediately. Snuffed out immediately. All right. Does God love everyone? <laughs> no, God only loves the elect. Yes, God loves everyone the same. Yes, but God loves the elect in a different way than he loves the world universally. I have I, a problem I with the word with love. I'm going to go with number three. I think number three gives the most yes but i have a problem with the word love i'm with you there there i have a problem with god loves uh if it's not specific to to the elect all right does god hate those who will never believe (laughs) um yes in i mean yeah (laughs) so the third option is yes god hates the reprobate but he also loves them in a general sense. Let's go with that one, even though that's just... It's not uh, worded super well. It's not worded super well, because anybody that you try to explain that to is going to be like, well, that's that's the exact opposite. You can't love and hate somebody at the same time. No, you can't. It's like when you, it's, like, <laughs> really hot chili. I love it, <laughs> and I hate it. It's like when I'm eating the, the jalapeno cheddar corn dog, and it burn something fierce but i keep eating it because it's so good all right daniel should we evangelize to everyone yes we should yes we should thank you for a question trying to fleece out hyper calvinism right there we go is the is the elect in some sense eternally justified so no they become justified in time or yes the elect are eternally justified justification is a once for all sanctification is over time so yes the elect are eternally justified I think that might be asking something else. What? Um, yeah. Is the elect in some sense eternally justified? 
Some some would say that we were justified before the foundations of the world. I think is. Oh, this is talking. I'm wondering. If oh, I thought talking, I thought it was talking about the power of justification to no. like hold us. This is no, talking no, no, no. before the. I think they're um, they're trying to fleece out if you hold the eternal justification in the sense that like you've oh. always been justified, and I'm like I don't I can't read Paul's language like that. No. When the Spirit binds you by faith to Christ and thereby the merits of Christ, you are then justified then. So this is looking past. I was looking forward. Yeah. Okay. Well, then if it's if if you think it means it's looking in the past, yeah, then the I, answer I, I is answer no. no. No, they become justified in time. Okay. But I All could right. be misunderstanding the question. Well, I could be too, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with you on that one. Does God desire to save the reprobate? No, he does no. not desire to save those who are not elect, or yes, God desires to save all. If God desires it, it will happen. So the answer is no. Submit your answer. Submit answers. All right. My result is I am a moderate Calvinist. I am at I am at 90%. What are you at? Uh, 86. Oh! But here's the thing, is... That's weird. I wonder how they're grading this, because I took it... I, you're I took just, you're just mad I'm more Calvinist than you are. Admit it. You're just myth. There well, you go. Daniel, yeah, fun little quiz. Yep. Listeners, you heard it here first. I am more Calvinist than Daniel is. Um, and, Josh uh, is uh, fresher from the cage. I'm fresher. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. That hurts. Well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for listening. Um, if you would not mind, please head on over to iTunes. Give us a raving five-star review. Uh, write us a review. I think uh, we actually got some cool reviews on there right now. I think we should read some of them maybe in the next step. Head on over to all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Reformatory Pod. We are there. We have a Patreon. It costs money to do this, and we really appreciate people that partner with us in this ministry, uh, in this in this podcast, so that I'm not having to foot all the bills all the time, because Daniel ain't hold no weight when it comes to that cheddar. Nope. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Out. Bye.